Hear now the reading from Luke's Gospel in the 13th chapter. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he had laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites! Does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for eighteen long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things he was doing. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. From my teenage years on, I have always seemed to have something heavy to carry. Unlike Nona, I didn't have a backpack, and so in my arms I had to carry at school my textbooks and my notebooks, my Music, my clarinet, my lunch, and a few other things as well. After my husband and I had our son, Lawrence, well, that was a burden of another kind, but it was a joyous burden as I carried him around with all the diaper bags and paraphernalia that go with little ones. And as a Christian educator and a pastor, it seems like I cannot go anywhere without carrying something my computer, my Bible, books, you name it, whether it's to a meeting, an event, or between the home and office. And if you know me, you know I carry things. Even on our vacation, John and I had to lug around some heavy luggage. We all carry heavy things from time to time in our lives. But as I have grown and Learned, I have come to realize that we carry often heavy burdens that are not physical. Burdens that will weigh us down. The grief over the illness and death of loved ones. Stress and struggle over financial issues. Even dealing with broken relationships and the heartache that that brings, and misunderstandings with one another and even in families. There are so many burdens, from fear to illness. All of these we all experience at some point in our lives. And because we all carry such heavy burdens, I find this particular scripture to be very important for us today. So I invite you to come with me as we unpack this scripture 
to see what God would say to us. First, there is the physical healing of the bent over woman. This in itself is wonderful. Luke tells us that she had been crippled. In other translations, he speaks of her being under a spirit of weakness or infirmity. And even Jesus refers to the fact that for 18 long years she was bound by Satan, although this has nothing to do with exorcism. These things can bind us, and evil can use them to keep them bearing down upon us. But to understand the enormity of her situation, we must remember that in that culture, 18 years was half a lifespan for most people. So for half of her life, she is bent over. Also, just being in that physical position of bent over, unable to look up, always looking down, Surely it affected her social situation, made daily tasks difficult. Not to mention that that position constantly will put stress upon the bodily organs and create even more health problems. As I looked at this scripture, I discovered that the number 18 is very important in Hebrew thought. There's great symbolic meaning in it. For the two letters that make up the word 18, 8 and 10, together equal life in Hebrew. Life. And the woman and all of us have 18 vertebrae in our spine, which enables us to stand up straight. So for 18 years, this woman was bent over, unable to fully live. And yet she was faithful. She came to Sabbath worship regularly. She loved God. And regardless of her circumstances or how she was feeling, she was in worship to praise God. Luke gives us no indication that she came that day for healing or that she even knew of Jesus or that he would be there. And so what happens next is totally unexpected for the woman and for everyone who is there that day. You see, Jesus, in his compassionate mercy and love, sees her. He notices her. He pays attention to her, and he sees her as a person of worth, a child of God, when others have learned to ignore her. And so, perhaps that woman felt like Ralph Ellison, an American, African-American who once wrote, I am invisible simply because people refuse to see me. I realize sometimes I refuse to see people. I would much rather be like Mother Teresa, who when she saw the people of Calcutta, the poorest of the poor, starving, dying, orphans, 
She was asked, what do you see? And she said, I see Jesus in a distressing disguise. Oh, if we could all be like Mother Teresa. If we could only be like Jesus and really see each other. Jesus was the master at seeing, at noticing, at paying attention to others and to his world. In his book, Love Beyond Reason, John Ortberg reminds us that one of the greatest miracles of life is that God pays attention to us. And this scripture invites us to follow Jesus and pay attention to the world around us. As Henry Nouwen said, to see with the eyes of love is truly Christian. But there is more to our story. What happens next is truly amazing. Jesus calls the woman forward. And remember, he is sitting in the front of the synagogue. And he reaches out and he touches her and he says, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. And the woman stands up straight and tall immediately and begins praising God. What a wonderful miracle. What a wonderful healing. But actually, there is more to this healing than just the healing of the woman. Walter Wink, in his book Engaging the Power, suggests that Jesus' actions were revolutionary. For they brought healing of cultural taboos that had been placed upon women and burdened them down for centuries. He did this by breaking some very strict Jewish rules. First of all, he spoke to the woman. In that culture, men did not speak to women in public, not even their wives. I'm glad that has changed. And he calls her forward. That means she must leave the areas either to the side or in the balcony where women and children had to sit. To come into the center of the sanctuary of the synagogue where only men were allowed. And part of the miracle is that she comes. She enters a space that has been held solely for men. That has kept women and children from the religious education and worship of the time that men enjoyed. And then he touches her. And again, this was a great taboo because a man did not touch a woman except for their wives out of fear of being made unclean. And then, Jesus, in his conversation with the synagogue leaders, is refuting the idea that illness is a punishment from God for sin. In effect, he is saying in our language today, sometimes bad things happen to good people. 
But perhaps one of the most important things that happens, that the rule that Jesus breaks, he calls her a daughter of Abraham. If you read the scriptures carefully, you will find it is the only place in the Old and the New Testaments that this phrase is used. And by calling her a daughter of Abraham, he is making her a full-fledged member of the nation of Israel. He is putting her on equal standing, her and women, with men. It's taken centuries for this healing to begin to happen. And in our Western culture, it has happened in many cases, or I wouldn't be standing before you today. But there are also many places around our globe where women are still burdened by cultural taboos and need the healing that Jesus can bring. But if you dig a little deeper, there is even another healing that Jesus is offering. It comes in the form of his conversation with the synagogue leader. As he tries to offer spiritual healing for the understanding of Sabbath and the living out of the law. He comes to them with compassion and shows that compassion and mercy is more important to people than obeying rules and regulations. And he shows that the Sabbath should be a time not only for rest and worship, but a time to enjoy the generous, gracious love of God. The healing love of God. Sadly, the religious leaders could not receive that healing. They were so preoccupied with their rules and their regulations, with their desire to keep their reputation and their connections in place to indeed make Jesus look bad to show that their interpretations of the law were correct it made them so burdened and hindered them so much because of their own self-importance and what they thought was their right way of thinking that they are more bent over and burdened than the woman who was healed. N.T. Wright suggests that Jesus does for the poor woman what he longs to do for Israel and for us, to set us free to experience God's love. How Jesus must long for the people of Israel because in that day they held on so tightly to their rigid boundaries that they could not open their hands and receive what he was offering. I think Jesus longs for all of us to wake up to the life that God would have us live, to see each person as a person of worth, to give dignity to all of life, And to live out the essential principle of God's law, to love God and love others as ourselves. But this healing is yet to be received. However, today we can begin to receive this healing. 
In Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart, and I will give you rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. The image of two oxen yoked together to carry a heavy load is the image that Jesus is using to invite us to yoke ourselves to him so that he can carry our burdens. Even as we walk beside him, he carries the weight. And to offer us his light, the light of the world, the light of God, to see in a different way, to see ourselves differently, to see our world differently, to see as Jesus sees. And to understand that we are loved, we are valuable, we are important, we are worthy, and we do not have to carry heavy burdens. Eighteen years, it's a long time to look down at the dirt and other people's feet. Eighteen years. Jesus gave this woman not just a physical healing, but a new way of experiencing God's love and seeing herself and her world in a new way. He was offering the same to the religious leaders, but they could not accept it. And he offers the same to you and me today. For you see, Jesus is the burden bearer. And he wants to come alongside us and let us give him all that we carry that weighs us down, that keeps us from abundant life. Perhaps today can be a true Sabbath for each of us. A time to release our burdens to the Lord. A time to receive what Jesus alone can offer. Healing, salvation, and joy. And life lived to the full. Will we be like the woman and receive Jesus' gift of healing? Or will we be like the Pharisees and the religious leaders, unwilling to even recognize that we have burdens and so miss the good news? As the woman received her healing and was set free, So today, the Lord wants us to receive our healing and be set free. Jesus is here. Jesus is calling. Perhaps today is the day we will respond. I hope so. Amen.